I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Are you God's friend? Are you, am I, God's friend? Because I know He's yours, right? But are you His? You know, and it's like, well, I'm a believer, I'm a follower, and I'm a child of God. Yes, yes. I'm his disciple, his witness, his reflection, and his ambassador. But are you his friend? Are you his friend? Well, I pray. I mean, sincerely, I pray. I read. I appreciate And I worship. And that is a fantastic starting place. That is is a great place to start. But, and this is what we're talking about today, we got to go above and beyond all that. We do. Uh, uh, Here's a story to illustrate my point, maybe. You ever, I, I, I think we have this in common, maybe, I don't know. But you ever bump into a former school teacher of yours from when you were really little? (laughs) <laughs> Cute little devil, ain't he? <laughs> you ever bump into a school you had when you were little and you feel compelled to call them Mr. or Mrs., whatever their you know, last name was, because it's just too weird to call them by their first name? Is it just me? No. Oh, good. Okay, thank you. Well, I've I got to tell you, I, there's one in particular. It is my grade school principal, Don Zorn. I've seen him a number of times. I always call him Mr. Zorn. And he always gets after me and tells me to call him Don. He wants more of a relationship. Oh, you've always had the respect. And so the last time I saw him, I think it was at Fred Meyer, I said, Mr. Zorn. And he just shook his head and laughed and said, how old are you now, Bruce? (laughs) It's like, he's going to act like a principal again. He says, how old are you now, Bruce? And I said, or he said, getting close to 60, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I think it's time. And I knew exactly what he meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, he's right. It's time to, for me to grow up and get less formal. You know? Not less respectful or less reverential, but more relatable and relational and personal. The disciples, they saw Jesus as their teacher. They followed him as a teacher and then as a master and then as a savior. As well as seeing him as the friend of sinners. That's incredible. See, this one time while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, it's one of the twelve. Uh, he was a tax collector. And many tax collectors and sinners came. Like uh, we know from the other stories. Gluttons and drunkards. Uh, nowadays we still have them. We call them partiers. And so <laughs> gluttons and drunkards. And probably a few prostitutes uh, came in and ate with him. Ate with him and his, and his disciples. Now when the Pharisees saw this. They asked his disciples, his students, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Short answer, this is who he came to befriend. 
and to renew and to transform. Like we've been talking, bump, bump, bump. Jesus put it this way. Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. And then now he's going to quote the Old Testament to him. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, not the formality of sacrifice. And there's a deeper truth there in that scripture. God, when, when they brought their sacrifice to get his mercy, God's saying, Look, it isn't I want the sacrifice. Oh boy, I love the sacrifice. No, God desires to offer mercy. Not the sacrifice that you bring to get his mercy. And Jesus says, for I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Love this truth. Because I, I sin. <laughs> and so I love this truth. Jesus prefers hanging with those who are aware of their sin. And are not afraid to get real with him. And actually enjoy the guy. Actually enjoy spending time just being with him and listening to him and getting to know him. But those unfriendly Pharisees, my goodness, they tried to soil his reputation by his well-known associations. You know, we've, we've referenced them already. And so he calls them on it. He says to the crowd, son of man came eating and drinking, as you all know. They say, well, here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Well, they got it half right. And then he says, but wisdom is proved right, totally right, by her actions. I want you to notice, though, they do not claim he is simply a friend to sinners. He is, of course, a friend to sinners. But, but that's benevolent. Oh, he's a friend to sinners. Yeah, it's benevolent. It's respectable. It doesn't make their point at all. No, we see what they're saying. They're saying, this isn't benevolence. He likes hanging out with these types. And thus, they unintentionally spoke a profound truth. The God of this universe, the Lord, likes to hang with the likes of us. So much so that he also hung for us. And we were restored to friendship with God by the death of his son. Because it isn't only our savior who wants to be our friend. It's also our father. What we lost in the garden, Jesus brought back on the cross. I love how uh, the message, New Testament, it, it paraphrases it this way. Same scripture. Now that we have actually received this amazing friendship with God. We are no longer content to simply say it in plodding prose, like just reciting religious formalities. No, we sing from our heart, shout our praises to God through Jesus, the Messiah. And we love, at, at his place in most churches, we love to sing about Jesus' friendship toward us. But here's the question. <laughs> Is there enough reason to sing about your friendship toward him? Let that soak in. Mm. 
because we're, we are now called to friendship. We're called to friendship through God's grace and Jesus' sacrifice. God desires, he wants us to go from a servant level of doing good because he commands it to a companion level of motivation that comes from understanding and agreeing with his heart. Your heart is my heart. In fact, at his last supper with his boys, pre-crucifixion, night before the cross, Jesus told them, I no longer call you servants because... A master doesn't confide in his servants. Now, you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me. You see, the goal is for a sense of relational collaboration to supersede a sense of religious duty. So that our motivation for obedience is less unaware servant and more intimate friend. Say that with me, please. Less unaware servant and more intimate friend. You know, don't just be doing it because I don't know, he says to do it. Because the moment, it's mercy over formality is what it is, because the moment his heart's desire becomes our heart's desire, we become true friends. We become his, his friend. As believers, we, we often confuse believing in God with bonding with God. Believing is not bonding. You know, we, we so often become proficient in serving while remaining unskilled in just being. Just being with God. One of Jesus' best friends, we know from Scripture, one of his absolute best friends struggled with this very problem. One time, infamously forgetting... Uh, that she was more than a servant. She's been, <laughs> she's been uh, painted in this light forever in the scriptures. In the background, there's old sourpuss herself. That is Martha, of course, of Mary and Martha Stewart. And so, <clears throat> now Jesus loved Martha and her sister. But boy, they differed, you know? Because look at this, Martha opened her home to him. We're about to see that her sister opened her ears to him. Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, in fact, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? And oh, Jesus is just, I just, he's so wonderful. He, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. There's really only the one thing. Mary has chosen what is better. What did she choose? What did Mary choose? quite simply, to be his friend rather than simply his servant. To ignore the distractions rather than him. So that she could just sit and listen and get to know him on a deeper level. Friends certainly serve friends. You know, let's balance this out. Friends serve 
friends. But Martha took on the anxieties and the worries of a hired hand. Closeness with Christ is by choice, not accident. Right? You and I, we, we always are, we'll always be as close to the Lord as we choose to be. So how about you? Are you more the servant type who accommodates him, loves him? Or the friend who ignores the distractions and really listens and receives his unfailing attention? One of life's great joys I've got to experience personally is when your children mature into adults and then mother or father and daughter or son go above and beyond being parent and child and they become friends, hopefully. Well, our father not only shares that same desire, which is incredible, not only feels the same joy, but actually created us to grow in closeness and confidence so, so that he can confide in us, show us little things in the word that he's hidden that we can discover together. And if that's what you desire, then you, me, we're going to need four, four things. First, we're going to need conversation, you know, conversation that goes above and beyond prayer time. Right? Because it's not much of a friendship if you don't like to just chat. Right? I mean, you talk about the guy uh, who wins at texting. He has left you a text message. <laughs> and I'm talking about more than a daily devotional, which is good. But I'm just talking about going above and beyond because he's got to be more than a scheduled appointment. If your devotions feel like a chore, stop. Something's amiss. Because friendship with Jesus isn't a job. It's a bond. So something's wrong. So stop and try to figure it out. There's a common misconception that uh, spending time with God means being alone with God. But let me tell you, he likes to get out of the house. <laughs> he really does. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam's contact with God was not a scheduled event. It was just the ongoing reality of daily life, and then we lost that, and then Jesus brought that back to us if we want it. Not that we don't need to disconnect from the world, you know, for some, some uh, consistent, quiet garden time with God. It's just that we can't stop talking when we start working or playing, which means we must practice conversing throughout our day, because it's not natural. After, how'd you do with the dimes this week? You do okay transferring the dimes? And well, here's practice. I gave you four things to practice this week. Practice conversing throughout the day. Personally, I'd rather share an experience or sit in relaxed silence than try to make conversation when it isn't natural. And my prayers are short. I'm, I'm not wired for long prayers. I get antsy. <laughs> but you want to see what he wants? You want to see, you ready for this? Here's what he wants. Pray continually. Which, remember now, means more listening than speaking. Give thanks, which means show appreciation in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's what he's after. That's what he's after. <laughs> Set that bar kind of high. He is after constant communication and confidence. 
So we cannot leave them behind whenever we leave the house, which means we not only need communication that surpasses a prayer time, but second, we need a contemplation that goes above and beyond a reading plan. Because it's not much of a friendship if, if he can't speak, right? Therefore, we not only need to practice an awareness of his company, but we must practice an alertness to his word, applying it to our lives. Even just a little piece, which begins with opening his word when we open our day. It might just be a verse. It might be a chapter. It might be one of the 66 books of the Bible. The thing is, he's not looking for a quota just a chance to speak. No one waiting in the wings to stamp your spiritual time card. You ever, you ever see 50 First Dates? Funny movie, funny movie. Uh, if you haven't, Drew Barrymore plays this woman with short-term amnesia, wakes up every day forgetting basically everything from the day before. And so she has to devise uh, reminders for herself uh, regarding those who matter the most in her life, or she just doesn't remember them. How much of your, of your day consists of God amnesia? That, that can be a sobering self-examination, you know? So what reminders have you devised for yourself to bring him back to mind when he's fallen off your radar? Because when he's fallen off your radar, you're not going to remember to bring him back because he's off your radar. So what have you devised to bring him back? Because it's not much of a friendship if we forget he's with us. The goal isn't a feeling, oh, he's with me. It's just the not forgetting who he is. And so along with uh, consistently friendly conversation and, of course, contemplation, we got to have consideration that goes above and beyond gratitude for his gifts. Because it's just not much of a friendship if we don't respect the giver. Unlike our human friends, uh, friendship with Jesus is not an equal partnership with a pal. It's, it's a little different than that. You know? Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him, with them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. Because it's not much of a friendship if you don't share secrets. Our friendship cannot come at the expense of our reverence. I mean, it blows my mind when I think the king of kings is my, my, my friend. But he's still the king, right? So don't allow your familiarity to displace his authority. Uh, you ever have, we, I was having some fun discussions in the back after first service. You ever have a family member as a teacher? <laughs> and there's a row right there that I know did. Uh, Char's dad. Char's dad was an English teacher. I got this out of my old annual. Char's dad was an English teacher and a coach, a basketball track coach at Burlington High School. Mr. Erickson. He was a good teacher. He was strict, which is why 
even though he personally invited me more than once to take his class because he knew me from church, I avoided him for four years and then married his daughter. If only I'd known, <laughs> I'd have taken his class. Shar took his class, and she had to walk that line between relating to him as her dad and showing respect for him as her teacher. I, it's a delicate balance, and I, I have another story after that. I did not tell this story first service. I was talking to somebody at camp. I said, oh, I should have told that. And they said, oh, tell second service. I said, okay. Uh, one of my aunts was a surprise baby, and so she was only about 10 years older than me, is only about 10 years older than me. And so when she was a teenager, um, I was, you know, like five, and so whenever I'd go to grandma's house, and she and her best friend, Jan, were there, they would take the opportunity to play house because I'm the convenient baby. And so they'd play house and I'm their baby. My aunt and Jan, her friend. And more than one occasion that <laughs> happened. Okay, fast forward to me in high school. I haven't seen Jan since we played house. <laughs> I'm about 15 now. I walk into a class and the teacher is Jan. And my first eye just go, Jan! And, and she's only like, you know, 25 at the time. And she goes, you can't hug me. And I said, oh, and I, yeah, that would look weird, right? A 15-year-old, Jan. And so, so she goes, you can't hug me. And then she says, forward and she goes, and you can't call me Jan. <laughs> you have to call me Mrs. So-and-so. And so I did. And it felt so weird. And I said to her, when she said that, I said, Okay, but am I still your baby? <laughs> and she said, oh, Bruce, you'll always be my baby. <laughs> and so after that, we just misses. We're on a, a okay, I'll, back to the sermon. Anyway, it's a, it's a delicate balance that requires that consideration we're talking about, as well as a discipline that demands, number four, a connection. A connection, well, that goes above and beyond praise, which is great, but it's got to go past that. Because it's not much of a friendship if we're not fully devoted. And so, in whatever way our conversation and our contemplation and our consideration comes about throughout our day, just keep this in mind. If it's mindless, it's meaningless. And if it's mechanical, it's just monotonous. Read that with me, please. If it's mindless, it's meaningless. And if it's mechanical, it's monotonous. Which means we must practice being mindful and heartfelt. Because insincerity is insulting to any friend, human or otherwise. But here's what separates human friendship with the friend we have in Jesus. I, I can do it in one example from scripture. Even as Judas, the ultimate in sin and insincerity was betraying Jesus. Even as he's betraying him, Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. 
Now, is it just me, or is that taking the whole friend to sinner thing way too far? Way too far. Oh, that is way too far. It is way too far for us to comprehend. But just far enough to help us to understand that his friendship holds when our friendship won't. I mean, what an example. Jesus remains the friend of Judas, even as old Benedict Judas betrays him. At the Last Supper, Jesus had just told him how to recognize his friends. Those who are his friends. He said, you are, are my friends if you do what I command. Well, that's funny. That sounds more like a servant. What kind of friend demands that? You're my friends if you do what I command. What kind of friend demands that? It really depends on the command, actually. If it's selfish, it's a bad friend, right? Loan me money or we're done. Well, you're a bad friend. Bad command. But if it's selfless, oh, it's a good friend. Like, you get in that car right now. I'm taking you to the hospital. Well, that's a good friend. So what's Jesus' command, and is it selfish or is selfless? Any guesses? <laughs> he says, uh, raise your hand if you think it's selfish. Uh, Jesus says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. <laughs> Leave it to Mr. Jesus to create the most selfless command ever conceived. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends, which he was about to do for the whole world because he's the friend of sinners. On the other hand, and here's where the verse goes, you are my friends if you do what I command. If you love as I love, I no longer call you servants, even though you're following my command, because a servant does not know his master's business. They serve out of duty or fear. Instead, I've called you my friends, because obviously his heart was their heart. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. And I'm here to tell you, he's waiting to share it. With, with anyone who is aware of their sin and is not afraid to get real with him and actually enjoys sharing their day and ignoring their distractions when they can and, and, and listening to him, to really get to know him beyond the singing and serving and reading and praying as the closest of friends. And if that's what you want, well, then you're in luck because we're going to pray for that right now. Father God, we love you, worship you as our ever faithful father and friend. Holy Spirit, wake us out of any God amnesia we slip into and help us to practice an awareness of your companionship. Lord Jesus, thank you for desiring us and restoring us and showing us perfect.
friendship. We're going to sing to you now. Everybody said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.